You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. I love today's topic because it's really the kernel of everything. So today we're talking about passion projects and I have my friend Adeep and my friend Jennifer and we may have a third guest time uh, jump on in, but in the meantime, it's like old home week because I haven't seen either one. Adeep was one of my guests when I did my early New Year's last year. Oh, that's right. And, mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and it's almost time for early New Year's again. And Jennifer was here talking about storytelling. And I think I said right after, we we have to have you back when it gets close to November because November is, most people know, Na- National Novel Writing Month. But you may not know, it's also National Podcast Post Month, which oh. Jennifer created. Uh, so lots of fun things to talk about passion project-wise today. Uh, so let's start by, um, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. And Jennifer, I feel like I, I teed you up really well. So please share <laughs> who you are and what the heck is NAPOD POMO. Well, you did team me up really well. I'm Jennifer Navarrete. I started podcasting back in 2005 when I realized that I could record something, put it up on the web, and no one could stop me. I was like, sign me up. So a a couple of years later, I heard about NaNoWriMo. I was like, ooh, National Novel Writers Month, 50,000 words in 30 days. I was like, ah, that's cool. I don't want to do that, but that's cool. And then I heard about NABLOPOMA, which was National Blog Post Month. And it was and it was all about 30 blog posts in 30 days. And I was like, oh, OK, I, I, I get that. And then I heard that the video folks were doing Navlopoma, which was National Vlog Post Month. And I thought, this OK, this is a thing. The November thing. I get it. Challenges. OK, all right. Let me go join the one for podcasting. And there was crickets because there wasn't one for podcasting. So three days before November 1st, back in 2007, I just made a blanket announcement and said, I'm creating this thing called NAPOD POMO. If you want to record 30 podcast episodes in 30 days and join me, let's give it a try. And I did not know if it would be a fantastic failure or an amazing success. And by the end of that first one in 2007, we had 50 people who decided to join the fun. Wow. It's a wonderful example of <laughs> if you build it, they will come. If it doesn't exist, create it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, and so what does it entail to participate? Sure. I mean, we're super loose. It's not like some people are like, well, do I have to you know, record and release an episode every day? It's like, not really. I mean, how you do it is up to you. If you want to go live every day, if you want to batch record in advance and release every day, if you want to batch record on the weekends and release on the weekends, if you want to join on November 30th and record all 30 shows on November 30th, that will work too. Um, and just as long as you have 30 episodes by the end of November 30th and whatever time zone you're in, because this is, even though it's national podcast post month, it really is international. I consider mm-hmm. it a nation of podcasters. And so as long as you're done by then, then you've won the challenge. Wow. And the award for winning is the satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. And you get a cool badge that says I did it that you can put on your podcast page and you can share on social. And this past year, we started something new where we um, were able to um, do kind of like a, a celebration after the fact and then give away some prizes. And so that was fun. And so we're going to we enjoyed that so much last year. We're going to do this again this year. And there is a satisfaction. I mean, if you're a new podcaster and you want to dip your toe into the stream, it's a great way to kind of fail fast, get good. And if you're a veteran podcaster like myself, it's a great way to experiment in a safe community space. And I think that's really what sets it apart is that everybody's learning and trying something new, no matter if you're podcasting for the first time, if you're like me, if you've been podcasting for 16 years, it's a great opportunity to kind of muck around in the space in that safe community environment. 
Excellent. And we're going to talk more about it uh, soon, but I, I do want to let Adip introduce himself. I, I think monthly challenges, and for a while there was screenwriter month, I think was April. Um, but really any month, <laughs> here's the great big secret. Any month, say, I'm going to do something in a month. You yeah. can create your own challenge. But I love how in November, there's so many of these types of challenges going on. And you can always declare what you're working on and then uh, report on it in my group because Write On Online has a place for you to put uh, what you're going to do and what you did every single week and every single month. Uh, Adeep, mm -hmm. welcome. Glad you Hello. could join us. Yeah. I'm in from the rain. How weird is that? It's, oh, so your meeting that you had prior to this was well, like but, outside where you live? No, I thought the meeting was going to happen at this time, but I actually had to pick up my kid from school. And so I had to do the drop off in the or pick up in the rain. So wow, I, it's fine. It's like a different vibe. So that's fine with me. Well, um, you made it. So tell people I made about it. you. Uh, let's see. I'm a screenwriter, TV writer. Um, what am I doing? I was on the Goldbergs. I've written on three streaming kids animation series uh, as a freelancer. And I run the LATV Writers Facebook group, which is like 16,800 people now. And uh, yeah, I'm a BAFTA breakthrough and former Disney fellow. You know, the usual stuff. <laughs> the usual stuff. Yeah. You say this like it's not a big deal. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's all just part of doing the career thing and, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. I don't really give it a lot of weight personally, but I know people tell me I should, but it's like, you know, the real work is the writing. That's the important thing, you know, because without it, what do you have? You don't, you know, you don't get these things. So anyway. Right. Exactly. So what would you consider your passion project? Oh, yes. Well, that one is, I have a few, but there's one that I've had for a million years. And it's the weirdest thing anyone's ever heard. Whenever I pitch it, people are like, I've never heard anything like that before. And it will cost $200 million to make. So it's just a period piece that's like a supernatural horror thriller set in India. And so it's just this, it's this crazy thing that I've been putting together forever. And I've written about half of it and I just need to get the other half of it done. Um, hopefully this year or not this year, but like within the next year, I want to get it done. Within the next year. Well, yeah. as, as you know, the Deb year is coming oh, close that's at the right. end of November. So you could actually start for your God, how am I saying this? It's 2022. You could start your 2022, 2020. This is, I'm going to have to think of a shorthand because I'm going to yeah. trip over this. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. start your 2022 goal now. I mean, even earlier than Deb Summer. Why not? Well, yeah, I, I have two, like, I have a couple other things I got to finish before that. Um, and then I can jump back onto it. Excellent. Yeah. So, but but your passion project is in alignment with your career, as yeah. is true for you, Jen. So let let's dial it back a bit because, and we were talking about this on the Gold Chat Twitter chat last night. What is the value of a passion project, Jennifer? So you know the thing I love about what Adeep is doing is that um, it is an it is a passion project is something that won't leave you alone until mm -hmm. you complete it. And that's exactly why, even though he may only have gotten halfway, which, by the way, is still a huge milestone, <laughs> he knows that it will get completed at some point because it won't leave him alone. Yeah. And regardless of the naysayers, regardless of folks who are like, oh, you're crazy, that doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, that doesn't matter because no. it's in him and it's going to happen and it will be out in the world and we will buy a ticket and we will go see it at some point. So, so. so the reality is it's already happened, right? All we're doing is traveling in time to the point where mm -hmm. we meet that it's already there and we're buying mm -hmm. tickets at the movie theater. So I think a passion project is something that it won't leave you alone. You've got to get it out into the wild and it's something that just fuels you and it's something that you were 
that we were made to do. And you know, because it's true, it's in here, yeah. it rings true. Yeah. And and so for me, Napod Pomo is that, I mean, it's definitely a passion project because it's, it's a, you notice that it's napodpomo.org, right? Meaning that it's not, it's always just a community-based project. There is no dollars that are going into mm-hmm. this. It's, it's really just something that I'm so, feel so strongly about it that every year I, I rally the troops and, you know, folks come and join who have done it before, folks who have never done it before. And we all get together. And for 30 days, we're this one community that's really driving to complete the challenge. And then afterwards, we all kind of are like, Woo, holy cow. That's wow. tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a it's a, so that's a lot. So to me, mm-hmm. that's what it, what it is. Something that won't leave you alone that you must see out in the yeah. world. It's like that thing that you have to do before you die. You have to finish that thing. And a lot of writers have that, like that one, that white whale or whatever. <laughs> They're like, I will get this. But those are, you know, the thing about passion projects is sometimes you're not ready to, uh, to, at least for writing, like you may not have all the skills to write the thing that you want to write. Like you still have to level up a little bit to meet your idea. And so that's something I've been noticing with other writers and myself. So it's like, okay, do I have the skills to like carry this, pull this off, you know? And so do you have an added take on the value of a passion project? Uh, I, well, I, it's what Jennifer said. It's like that thing that won't leave you and it sort of drives you to sort of keep doing what you're doing. It's always going to be like, Hey, I'm ready for you to like, come finish this. And uh, I think those they're really important because they don't have anything to do with the business. And so it's pure, it's purely like what is inside you, like Jennifer said, and uh, it carries on a completely different meaning and significance in your life. So in that way, those are different. Um, It doesn't mean that they're not commercial things, but that part's secondary, I think. And I cannot help myself. I must add my two, three, or four cents. I, the thing that I think is so wonderful about Passion Projects is they bring you that joy, that excitement that, that can leak onto the other things that, that are maybe more in the have-to realm. And if you, when you are creating, when you're doing those things that bring you such joy, uh, if it isn't your full-time thing, you can use it and, mm. and use that energy and excitement and say, okay, I have to work on this boring thing. I'm going to do like a half an hour on my passion project. Mm. So I get happy Mm -hmm. and then I'll do the boring work that, you know, pays the bills. So I need to do that. I need to do that because I I know it's there and I'll hit a wall on something else. And I always forget to go to the passion project and go to another should, should write. And uh, I'm going to try to jump back to my thing and see like for half an hour, you can do anything. Uh, exactly half hour five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes yeah. whatever it is because and and so I have my my passion projects are always like foodie related things mm. which is hilarious because until I got my instant pot like four years ago I never cooked because cooking wasn't easy until I got my instant pot and now it's like ooh recipe can I make that is it air fryer is it instant pot so my Fiction, it, actually, I've got a fiction and two nonfiction food-related things that I want to do. So it's really, I get cranky if I don't cook every couple of days. So maybe mm. I should take my own advice and do my foodie things in five-minute increments. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, this is going to be totally meta, which yeah. you will understand why <laughs> when it comes out into the world, why me saying this makes total sense. It's like light bulb. Whereas I should have props, like a light bulb over my head. Uh, Jennifer, do you have a passion project that's not one of the gazillion things that you're working on right now? Uh, Wow. Uh (laughs) I'm glad you asked her first because I can think. Um, Okay. Uh, Something that I haven't birthed out into the wild yet, huh? Or, Um, or Or you can mention your most recent passion project and then talk about something that people don't know about yet. So I will say that a lot of times when I have an idea, I usually am pretty good about just going ahead and throwing it out into the wild because I, um, most folks know me that I, every month I'm trying a new experiment. 
Um, And so when I wanted to experiment with Twitter spaces and with Clubhouse and with using it as a podcast in April, I thought I should create a 30 day challenge called the Walk Talk Challenge. And I should interview women entrepreneurs, which Deb was one of the, the women entrepreneurs I interviewed. And I should see how I can do this. And so I announced to the world, I'm going to do this thing. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but if it does, let's give it a whirl. Right. So I'm pretty good about that. And I think the most recent passion project that I did was in relation to learning more about uh, content creation on the blockchain. And really, ah, wanting, yeah. really wanting to dive into that space, right? And so I created mm-hmm. uh, on July 4th of this year, I came up with the idea for CryptoContentCreators.com. And Ooh. I went and looked and there was a domain and I called my buddy Shane and I said, hey, I have this idea. Do you want to do this with me? And he was like, he's used to me calling him and telling, asking him crazy things like that. And so he was like, <laughs> sure, let's do it. And so then on July 7th, we recorded our first show. And so Ooh. we just recorded season episode one of season two today. And so those are the kinds of things I think for me, because I'm constantly experimenting, I, if I have an idea, I I will give it a try. Not everything is a success. I've done things that were fantastic failures, but at least I know, and I can go cross it off the list. That didn't work. And, you know, crazy idea. No, not a good one, but other things do, you know, the walk talk challenge Mm -hmm. was one and and the crypto content creators. Another, I think Napod Pomo was one, but believe me, I've had my fair share of ones that were like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, yeah, and, and I, I guess people could at, at one point say that goal setting was my passion project because for years I was leading groups, I was uh, doing coaching, goal coaching, and talking about goals at conferences. And then when uh, three and a half years ago, when my main corporate client was going away, I'm like, oh, it's an omen to jump fully into it. And that's when Deb was created. And the um, vision for Deb, the acronym, not Deb, the person. We we know she was created before then. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. The Deb method. Thank you for for the clarification, because it was one of those things. Time and opportunity sometimes makes you mm-hmm. put those things that you want to do ahead of the things that you have to do. Mm. And I feel especially lately. So. I spent last year telling everybody it was okay that the world took a break because mm-hmm. it's the opportunity to figure out your goals in life. And now businesses are having a real hard time getting back up to speed. So I have mm-hmm. altered what I do rather than doing individual coaching. I'm doing corporate. I'm helping mm-hmm. companies <clears throat> keep their employees engaged and productive through supporting their personal and professional goals. So that that's kind of the, the public the passion project of mine that has been brewing because as some of it is taking your skills. Okay. All of it. You both know me. I'm all about the mission statement. Mm -hmm. What is it that you have to offer that makes the world a better place? And it can be to inform, entertain, or help in some other way. So what, what is your mission? Adib? And we will go back to your passion project question. I did not forget. Yeah. I have a very specific mission and it's called it's real people will laugh and that's fine because i like it but it's called benevolent icon and so what it is is i want to create an empire uh of benevolence and so it's going to become like a lightning rod for like kindness and positivity and supporting the voices of people who don't get heard so i want to get into a position where i have enough power where i can be like all right my friend Deb has this amazing book. Let's turn it into a show and, and, or like, you know, someone else who, who doesn't have a platform and I can sort of walk them into the business and go, okay, we need to hear this story. So that's my, that's my life's goal. That's so cool. I didn't know that. And so how's it going? I guess it's going fine. I mean, I, I certainly, I read a lot of stuff for people and mentor people and um, try to help them with their, development so i think i'm already sort of doing it and um it's just getting like it's baby steps at this point and uh but part of that process i have to be mindful of my own work and make sure i'm work you know doing that and not just giving to everybody else because that's a tendency that i have you just articulated the giving entrepreneur problem right yeah jennifer yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I think there is a point where you give so much of yourself that there's nothing left for you. Yeah. And, and I, I hit this realization this past year, you know, um, mm-hmm. after giving all of myself, all the very best of myself to my clients. 
And all of a sudden, I, and, and that's great. But if there was nothing left for me, I was giving myself the leftovers. If and when yeah. I had time, I would maybe try and do a half of a version of what I would give for clients. And so I had a real opportunity to all of a sudden um, take a break and really sit there in that understanding and say, what does it take for me to give the best of myself to me? Mm-hmm. And to my projects and to the things that I'm interested in, in a more meaningful way. And so I think that, and that's hard, or it was hard for me anyway, because it's so easy to be at the top of your game for clients or for yeah. others. But then when it comes to, to my own self, it's like, I'm too close to my own thoughts and my own thing and things. So what I learned was that I needed to come and get more counsel from those outside of me to say, here's, here's where I'm struggling or here's what I think, but I'm too close to it to really understand. So I'd really appreciate your perspective, your 10,000 foot view, or you're hearing about this for the first time thoughts on this. And, and granted, that doesn't mean that what the advice that you seek is a hundred percent what you should receive. Right. There, there will be a percentage of it that is meant for you. Not all of it is meant right. for you like most <clears throat> things in life. Right. Yeah. That's amazing because I just did that last week because uh, someone challenged me to go, you're struggling. You don't have to go it alone, bring people together and get their ideas. So I, I'm writing a, a story about a supervillain. And so I, I created a supervillain summit and I had all these friends who came out over Zoom and we just talked about my character and supervillains in general. And yeah, a lot of the stuff like I may not use, but it now it has like the, the wheels turning in terms of like what direction I could take it in. But without that, I wouldn't have had all that extra input and it was invaluable. So well, and it's just, also supportive, you know. supportive of yeah, your supportive. efforts. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's hard for me to to ask for help. And so it's sort of like I forced it upon myself to try. And then people liked it. They're like, oh, this is cool. It's like a jam session. Like we should do more of these. And I was like, oh, okay. So that could become a whole other thing that I do um, once I get my writing done. And I like I do this. The super people. villain brain jam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. And I think right after we're done, you should go get that URL. (laughs) Wait, no, you should go do that now. Yeah, actually do that now while I talk to Jennifer. So Jennifer, what is your mission statement? You know, um, I've always been curious growing up and, and that, that people kind of, uh, uh, that it can either work for you or against you, depending on, on the environment that you're in. Right. But when I heard about this concept of learn, share, grow, when I first became involved with social media club, you know, as one of the chapter heads here in my local area, learn, share, grow. It was just that I need the light bulb, um, icon above me. All of a sudden it was like, ah, learn, share, grow. That's what I've been doing my whole life. I just never had an understanding of, of the flow of what I was doing. You know, Mm. it made sense. I like to learn things. And as I learn things, I like to go, Hey, did you see this? It's kind of cool, right? Hey, here's how we could use it. Or what do you think? How do you think we could use it? And then in that way, we all grow together. And so that's really kind of my motto. And the model that I use for everything that I do is that learn, share, grow, probably why I do experiments and tell everybody, Hey, I'm going to do this experiment. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Let's learn this together because I just feel like that really suits me well. And it really is like kind of like a sweet spot for me. And so I, I would say that that learn, share, grow motto is kind of like the way that I proceed and, and maybe not so much a mission statement, but it's, um, I guess it's just a motto. It's just a way that I do what I do in the world. It's almost well, a framework for you, right? It's, yes. it's everything's framed through that. Absolutely. I love a good motto. <laughs> says Miss Goal Setting Simplified, because that really does frame what you do. And even though, Adeep, you're not living quite yet your empire of benevolence, you do, that is a framework for your mindset mm-hmm. when you approach things, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. I have a sign that I had made on Etsy that says, What does the benevolent icon believe? And then, Ooh. and then it's like, so it sits right here. I have to ask myself of that whenever I'm working and it's like a nice way of getting into the right mindset. Oh, I love that. That's great. I do too. Can we see the sign? Yeah. Let's see. It's so dorky. I'll just tell <laughs> That's you. why I wanted to see it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's so dorky. Look. Do, do, do. What does the benevolent icon believe? No, that's fantastic. I love that you have that. <laughs> that's inspiring actually. It's uh, I was just like on Etsy going like, what am I going to do? Because I'm not going to make this really cool sign and it'll just turn out terrible. So I'll have someone better do it. And so I just 
it it was like twenty bucks or something, thirty bucks. Pretty good. Oop! There goes my keyboard. And you supported an independent business. Yeah, that's what I, I like about that. Etsy too. It's like um, they have now they have this thing floating around in their you know their portfolio, and someone else is like, well, that's kind of interesting. What's that? You know, you don't know what it's going to spark in someone else. So that that's such a good point. So uh, Adip, did you think about? Um, any other passion project you wanted to share? Well, I'm the supervillain thing is a passion project that I'm working on a on a noir comedy um, that is very strange, and that's another passion project. So, actually, right now this year, I'm only working on things that are passion projects. I'm not working on anything else really. So, if it doesn't fall into that category, I don't do it. You're an even better guest than I thought. <laughs> yeah, this is all very new. This is all like. You know, I'm not going to work on the shoulds mm -hmm. uh, anymore. What well, a great filter. What a great filter. I love it. I love it, too. I, I'm a big fan of choose yourself, especially now, because you've yeah. got spare time. You're not commuting. You've got spare time. Exactly. What are you going to do with that that extra bit of time, mm -hmm. even if it is 5, 10, 15 minute increments? So what what do you have to say to those people who think they don't have the time or the energy for passion projects because you are like the epitome, the examples. I, well, I, the advice that I give other writers usually is like write the thing that only you can write um, because I think that's really the most important thing. And if that's aligned with your passion, then I think that's a winner. Um, and the advice that I've gotten from, it's sort of like what Jennifer said. It's like, I've learned from, new mentors. So I share what they've taught me. And all of them said, write the thing that's dangerous, scary, silly, that your agents hate and will never take out. That's the thing you work on. And that's the thing that will set you apart because it's actually who you are. You know, so it's, I mean, I got that advice from like so many people. It's like, hmm, I wonder if all the greatest people in the world who do what I do, tell me the same advice, maybe I should listen to it and, and pass that on. So that's, that's how I look at it. So I have a follow-up Yeah. because every now and then, um, every now and then you will post that you had, you took a meeting. Let's be Hollywood now with yeah. a name. Yeah. So uh, how does that happen? <laughs> and how uh, cool is that? Can you, can you uh, tell us a little bit more? Yeah. So as part of this BAFTA breakthrough program that I'm in that they, they did it for the first time in the U S this year. And I was, I was picked for the first cohort, which is really cool. And it's basically like a winning, it's like getting the Wonka ticket because you can ask to meet anyone you want and you give them like a wish list, And then they ask the people if they'll meet with you. So it's, you know, I don't like to name drop, but it's, it's been a lot of crazy, crazy names. And so when they agree to meet with you, you're sort of like, who? Wait, no, them? And then and then you start talking to them over email and you're like, I can't, like uh, I met with Jesse Armstrong like a month ago, you know, succession. Um, <laughs> like Sterling K. Brown, Olivia Coleman, like all these people that I really love, I get to like talk to and they give me advice. And um, you know, some people are busier than others, of course. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, you take these meetings over zoom and you ask them for advice and you ask them like, what would you do if you're in my position? Um, you know, what, uh, and you know, the advice is often the same, which is kind of refreshing because it's like, okay, there aren't like 800 things to do. It's like, do this one thing. But you know, you, I would ask them craft questions. Like, how do you, how do you break your, you know, season arcs and, you know, and it's really interesting. Like you get all these different perspectives and you're like, oh, I'll try that. Let's see if that works for me. Nope, that didn't work. I'll try this other thing. And it's kind of, it's amazing. Like it's wrapping up in the next month and a half and I'm very sad. I said, can I do this again, guys? I'll do another round, you know? And they're like, oh, shut up. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I get, to, I get to interview like Edgar Wright, you know, like who would, who would, who would wow. say like, you get to do that. I never thought in a million years I would be in a position to do any of this. So it's really just sort of uh, doing the work, putting it out there and then moving on from the outcome and then see what happens. You know, that's the that's the only way to do it without going crazy.
I had a flash for you that you're going to be on the <laughs> other. You're going to be on the other side of that. I, I just it just it just hit me like this. You're going to be on the other side of mentoring someone through a program, either the same program or a similar program. It just rang just clear as day in hmm. my mind. Well, it's funny you say that because I had recently I had two people who are in the BAFTA program from India, they like contacted me and they wanted to talk to me. And I'm like, I can't help you with anything. And that's the attitude. Like all the people are like, I don't know if I can help you, but I will try. Like everyone's very humble. And that's another thing I noticed. They're very kind, very humble. And so when these people call me, I'm like, you tell me what your goal is. I'll see if I can help you get there. And if you don't know what your goal is, maybe I can help you figure out what that is, you know, because you don't, they don't always know. Um, so I'm trying, I do, I, I, I have to pass on that stuff, right? I have to keep that going. I think it's really important people do that. One thing I want, I want you to backtrack because we're, I don't remember if it was in the pre-show or we said this. So we've known each other a long time yes. and you were not always you. So can you share a little? <laughs> what does what? that mean? <laughs> okay. I'm the same person. <laughs> What, so I'll ask the question different, better. Okay. Um, so how did you get your start in screenwriting and what, what was the point where you feel like you, you've leapt into the, the next degree? Because I think I can say I met you when you were still a struggling screenwriter. I'm still struggling. Screenwriter. <laughs> like all screenwriters are struggling uh, with something, you know, like even the A-list people, they, they might have a bunch of money, but that script is is messing with them and they can't figure it out. So like all screenwriters have that anxiety going at all times. Uh, but you're right. I hadn't like had my breakthrough, my break in yet. Um, lots of very, very, very close calls. So many. And those are the heartbreakers. Like if you're like way off, there's like no way, no way you're going to get a gig. It's fine. Okay, cool. I wasn't in, even in the game. But when you're this close and you lose it every time, that's the one that makes you want to go, Do, should I keep doing this? This hurts. You know, every time it happens, it hurts. Um, but then it also validates like you have good ideas. Keep, keep working on them. And then the time will come where the thing, you know, the project and the culture and you align at the same time. And that's kind of what happened for me. But I basically, I got laid off from a job that was like my survival job. And I came home and but I was like, stop doing the survival jobs, like just write. That's what you came here to do. So do that. And as soon as I just decided that's all I was going to do, then I had a career within a few months. Like wow. ridic ridiculous. Wow. That's an amazing story. <laughs> yeah. It sounds ridiculous, but I did the artist way. Like I got laid off. My wife said, uh, we're having another child. We had just put in a dishwasher and I hate spending money. I tell everyone this story. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And then I, I was like, I want to go to film school because I never got to do that. Everyone talked me out of it. And so I applied to AFI. I got in and then I go to AFI and then I get into the Disney program. So I drop out of AFI and then from Disney, I go on to the Goldbergs. And that was all just like boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh, you're supposed to do the thing that you love and just do that. And, and not give your all, like Jennifer said, like to the uh, corporation, to your day job, to somebody else's dream. Uh, but it just, I had to do the artist way a couple times to really get it in my head. And then, you know, I'm here and I, I'll do it again. Cause I'm like, you know, whenever I get stuck, I'm like, I'll try again and see what comes up. Which is, there are so many, I think the artist way is one of the, the comparison books I used when I was pitching. Oh yeah, that, your, that makes your goal sense. guide. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's brainstorming, it's exploration, it's it's disruption, it's figuring out what you love, what you're most passionate about, uh, what way it manifests itself, and then brainstorming it into what you need to do. Yes, that yeah. every time I discuss the dev method, I find a way <laughs> that was I think the dev method in like ten seconds. What yeah. is it that you're passionate about? Doing that exploration and claiming it. Yeah, doing the thing. claiming it. Yeah, claiming it. I think that's huge. I don't think we do enough of that. We're in the, we're in a culture where it's like a corporate sort of capitalistic thing where it's like, oh yes, you're a worker and you're a cog in a machine, and it's like, no, you're not. You, like you're your own, uh, you're your own entrepreneur, no matter what you're doing. 
you know, and so, uh, and people don't want to support that because it's risky and they would never do it. And that's the thing that I find that's most disruptive for people in their dreams is like everyone around them talks them out of it. And I always say, like, don't listen. Like, if you're really shitty at something and you're passionate about it, like, maybe you should get better or reevaluate. But if you're actually good and you love it, don't let anyone talk you out of it because you're going to make it at some point. It just may take a really long time like me or might happen overnight, you know? I, I think patience is like for anybody who has a dream. I think yeah. that that's the one thing that we all need to learn because it, things will happen. Mm. Unfortunately, yeah. it's never in your own time. No. Mm. I will throw in the quote by um, uh, from that movie, Galaxy Quest. Yes. Never give up, never surrender. Never surrender. Yes. By Grabthar's Hammer. Absolutely. <laughs> I love Galaxy Quest. Me too. <laughs> that's like a thing I wish I had made. That's one of those, those things. It's like, oh, that's so good. I don't know if I can do one because it's so perfect. But... <laughs> So Jennifer, do you have a story of light bulbs in 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 confetti where you had this aha and changed track to your life and you lived happily ever after so far? Um, I think for me, it really was <laughs> podcasting. Um, in 2005, when I first heard about it, I mentioned this, but it was truly like, uh, think back, 2005, right? It was it, early. It, early. I mean, we're talking like podcasting was barely a word and so few people knew about it yeah. but I recognized and I, I've been an entrepreneur for many years so I recognized that I could put anything I wanted to up on the web and mm. no one could stop me think about that nowadays that's easy right but it wasn't it was novel no. back then it was yeah. something new and it just that power of it and then going into it and then you know uh, organizing a group and then the group grows to where we organize events and then you know all of a sudden we're you know doing all of these things and then it's growing and it's not like as if podcasting did this podcasting did a little blip and then it kind of yeah, went sideways it forever it flatlined it, for a yeah. long time with the, the tiniest bit of an incline right yeah, and then all yeah. of a sudden it, it took off and yeah. so it's been nice to watch it grow and really nice to be part of that entire framework yeah. um, and so for me it was podcasting and I'll, I'll tell you you know how you're talking about how people are going to tell you oh you're crazy you should yeah. I, I faced a lot of resistance on this because it wasn't oh, a sure. money-making thing it was yeah. taking up time it was taking up you know funds to buy equipment and to figure this stuff out. I mean, there was that aspect to it, yeah. but I just knew, oh my gosh, I knew this was a thing and that it was my thing. Mm. And I, I just would not give it up. Um, I, and, and I just, and now of course, you know, years later, the thing I thought was so cool that started out as a hobby is now what I do professionally for a living. You know, I'm a podcast yeah. producer for yeah. anywhere from fortune 50 companies all the way to entrepreneurs and nonprofits. So I've had a really great podcasting production career. It's been fun, but I'm also a podcaster, mm -hmm. but I'm also a podcast listener. Mm -hmm. So I kind of yeah. approach it. So for me, it's been that space and then everything else stems from it. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the social media speaking, you know, all building communities, all that stuff. But I will say that that was the, the moment that I understood what podcasting was. That was the moment that my career path and my life path took a, you know, took a turn and, and a great one at that. Mm -hmm. you, you do know that your face totally <laughs> lights up when you're mm -hmm. talking about the P word. Yeah. Because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but this is... It's the topic, people. It's passion projects. What are you passionate yeah. about? What would you do even if um, you're not making money? And at the beginning, you're not yeah. making money. And, and you're facing resistance, but you do yeah. it anyway. Yeah. Well, the resistance factor is also huge. And originally, so my first, and I don't even think of it as passion project. It's been around so long. I learned social media playing with social media because Write On Online, which was originally writer support group, now for writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs, um, it's, I think in 2007, 2008, someone was like, Deb, why don't you have a blog? And mm. after resistance, I started the blog and then I learned social media just playing with mm -hmm. it for Write On Online. And now it's for a bunch of years. Uh, right on online has been on the best Facebook groups for writers. And I kind of want to edit and say, no, it's for creatives and entrepreneurs, but right. I also don't want to like 
Mess with the juju. <laughs> no, see me on the writer's list. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, oh, you sold us out. Now you do for everybody. It's not just us. <laughs> but the reason the story uh, occurred to me is because when I had that live group, people would come in all the time. My family doesn't understand me. Nobody mm-hmm. gets why it's so important for me to write. And you need to find your people. And if you don't mm-hmm. have your people, you know, join my group. There are your people. We are your people. Yeah. And I think... Uh, because you're like the champion of podcasts. And Adib, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> you're the champion of benevolence. Mm-hmm. No, you are like one of well, the best success stories, even if you don't admit it. <laughs> and I love that Jennifer said, I see you mentoring others. And your response was, yeah, people are asking me. That's <laughs> amazing. It's the whole circle. And do you think that the celeb people who talk to you, who say, oh, I really love talking to you. You know they love talking to you, and you know they got something out of it too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. I, I will. The program will get emails that say we really enjoyed talking to a deep, and not in like a Hollywood way, but like in a real way, <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, not phony. And and I'm like, oh, cool. And uh, you know, it's leading to lots of opportunities that are, you know, very nascent. But um, I'm having meetings with people like you just you couldn't like orchestrate a way to have a meeting there unless you work there for like 10 years. And you're like, by the way, I write. And you know, it's like, you you just sort of skip all this nonsense because you, uh, you know, honestly, it's just being yourself and being vulnerable with people is really important. That's one of the key things that I learned. It's like, show yourself to that person. Don't, don't put up that wall, that aloof wall that we kind of can do when we're in business mode, especially at writers and stuff. So it's like pull down the veil a little bit and show them your vulnerability. That was huge. Uh, that seemed to be the thing that everyone latched onto. And it's like, oh shit, that was the scary part, you know? But it's just being yourself and telling your story. And that's it. Well, is it authenticity is what I'm hearing? Yeah. That's all I can do. I can only be that. I can't be anything else. I just, it's too much work to be something, just one thing to one person and one to another. I'm just like, I need to just be that one person everywhere. Mm-hmm. I hear the quote, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Uh, <laughs> I love I like, that. <laughs> I like your edit on it, which is be yourself. It's too much work to try and be other people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm a tired person. I got young, young daughters. And it's like, all right, the, the guy who walks into a meeting for a writing gig and the guy that takes the girls to school is the same guy. And it's like, ah, that's just so much easier. Well, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well, Jennifer. In the social media world, in the last year and a half, the being you is the new normal, <laughs> right? That is, everybody has to be themselves because it's too much time and energy Mm -hmm. for the masks. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember back before social media when, um, you know, you could be one way at work and one way at home and one way at church and one way with your college buddies and one way with whoever (laughs) else, right? You could be all those versions and those versions may never meet each other. And the people (laughs) who lived in those circles may never meet each other, right? However, all of a sudden with Facebook, um, when you took off to the bachelor party and you went to church on Sunday and your pastor asked you, hey, how was the bachelor party in Vegas? You know, think about that. Not that that happened to me, but I'm saying that's an example, right? All of a sudden, because you were friends with your pastor on Facebook and friends with your college buddies on Facebook and you were posting pictures, your pastor not knew what you were up to. It wasn't that you were doing anything bad. You're just having a good time, right? Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden that the lowering of the 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 barriers or the where you thought you know you had these different versions of yourself went away i'm like i'm like you i i can only be myself um it's too much energy and effort to try and be someone that i'm not and it's too much energy and effort to try and pretend you're getting the authentic jennifer whether we're here or whether you're tweeting or whether we're in person it's it's me and i'll say that when i used to uh you know with podcasting with blogging people would say that when they would read my blog they could hear my voice right it was me speaking, you know, whether grammar errors and all, it was me. (laughs) So, you know, be yourself. Yeah. That's so important. Like having a voice and, and just putting it out there. I think that's, 
the name of the game really. And it's like, in order to do that, you have to be authentic and you have to be yourself. So it's like, you have to get that stuff figured out before you have a true voice, you know? Well, and that's what makes you valuable and unique and something, right. some, someone that people want to um, build a community around someone people want to refer people to someone people want to include. And if you're just like everyone else, then there's not anything unique. And so, right. and you are, we're all unique. We just have to allow yeah. that uniqueness to shine. That's right. I have to share this story because you will totally appreciate this. So way back pre-social media, I'm totally with you on this story. When I worked in corporate, I did keep my free, I kept freelance writing dub separate from a director of communications dub. And one day, one of my bosses came in and said, oh, I was out to dinner in Venice over the weekend and I picked up a copy of Venice Magazine. Did you know that there is a writer named Deborah Eckerling? <laughs> who, who freelances for this publication? <laughs> Busted. I said, that's me. No, it isn't. I had to convince him. <laughs> that's hilarious. We were the same person. So there there you go. There are no secrets. So you might as right. well be authentic. Especially now. It's just everything's just out there. Um, and you, you like look at all these guys, all these people getting you know, their old tweets are getting pulled up from, you know, 10 years ago. And it's like, I was a different person then. It's like, yep, it's all out there all the time. Mm -hmm. Think before you post people. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely cautionary tales everywhere. Yeah. I want to talk just a little bit more about the whole, so November is, what did you say? National Novel Writing Month, National Video Posting Month, the most important national podcast post month. Um, it was blog post a day month, though I don't know if there's an official for that anymore. What is the value of the deadline, especially for passion project? Yes, I know the answer, but I want to hear what you say. Sure. A deep. No, I'm I'm making a deep answer. This oh, no. Ooh, a deep. I love. Okay, now I get to go second. I love this. Uh, hold on. Wait, hold on. So you want to know? Oh, yeah. You want to know uh, why it's important? The value of the the deadline for passion project. Because if you don't put a date on it, you'll never finish or you'll struggle to finish it. And depending on how your personality is, I need a dead, I need like a hard deadline. So I do crazy things like um, friends of mine, I'll call my friend or like text my friend like, okay, if I don't finish this draft by Saturday, I have to write a check to Donald Trump for 500 bucks. And they're like, okay, I'm holding you to that. And that's how I like... I scare myself into finishing. That's how, uh, and I got that idea from, um, oh God, uh, from Lee Jessup, actually. She she used to do things like that. So I was like, I'm taking that. Um, The fact that like there's a community of people doing the same thing at the same time is huge. Like, because when you're going it alone and you know you're alone, it's it's a slog. But when you know there's like 10 people next door who are doing the same thing, you're like, we're in this together. Like, one of us falls, someone will pick the other person up. You know, I think that's that's the benefit of having a community that does what you do. I, I completely agree. And Jennifer, now you can answer. You know, I agree about that accountability um, because if you're doing a challenge by yourself, it's really easy for you to talk yourself out of it and not hold yourself accountable. That's why I typically do um, my monthly, you know, experiments and announce Mm -hmm. it because then I'm accountable to everyone who heard what I said. But I I think the value, why November is such a powerful month for challenges, because I've I've actually put some thought into this. I'm like, why are we all doing challenges in November? There's Movember, you know, there's any number of challenges that happen in November. I kind of think we as human beings feel like the year is slipping by mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of a sudden when you get to November, you're like, I didn't accomplish anything <laughs> this year. I mean, you know, obviously we did things in the year, right? but, but, you know, in January we start with like this, you know, Oh, I've got this new year's resolution and I'm going to do mm. this amazing thing and it's going to revolutionize my life and my year. And all of a sudden you get to, to October and you're like, oh, the years um, I'm in the last quarter of the year. I'm yeah. almost done. And I haven't done anything <laughs> that I set out to do. Right. So 
November with all of these challenges gives us all that last bit <laughs> of, of opportunity to accomplish something, whether it's writing a blog post every day, whether it's writing 50,000 words, you know, whether it's, you know, doing a podcast, um, 30 podcasts or doing a video every day or growing your mustache out for men's health, whatever right. it is that you're doing, you're doing it number one, to challenge yourself and to accomplish something for yourself and also doing it in a community space that is, you know, this accountability with everyone else. And I think that is probably why challenges are just so very popular in November, because I know mm -hmm. for me, when I'm done in, in December and I look back and I'm like, good job. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do not think I could have written a better commercial for why I say goal setting is year round than what uh, you said yes, just now. That's true. That's true. And and I would say, you know, back when things were a little normaler, I would always say I loved talking in January because the beginning of the year, but I love even more talking in February and March when people have fallen off the wagon. Uh, now in like I said, right now I start the year in December for those who want the jump. Right. And then I also accommodate those more accustomed to a traditional new year. Uh, so I will, I do new year, new you in January. And then really it's every month, every quarter. Okay. Every day, every week, some people need yeah. to start over yeah. and yeah. it's saying, okay, let's do this together. I, I love the idea of community and it doesn't, you can probably Google what is this month for? and find something for yeah. every month of the year. Um, but you both are in my right on groups and you know that at the beginning of every month I do the, I will be very happy if I accomplish yeah. blank in this month. So it's really, whether you're doing a little bit or a lot towards your goals, you have people cheering you on, which is wonderful that there are so many, there's so many opportunities and options. It doesn't matter what you want to do. There's a group yeah. for it. And if there yeah. isn't, make just one. hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. Or make one. Make one. Make, or one. make one. You know, this is a really good time to talk about goals. What goals, what passion project goal do you want to gift our audience? And I, I, I'm going to sweeten it up a little bit. You can also set a goal for yourself and also gift a goal for those who are watching. And Adib, we're going to you first again. Oh, boy. Um, the, uh, let's see. The gift goal thing. Um, I don't know. Care less about what people think this year. Just don't. Care, just be like, oh yeah, I like to, you know, I like to do this and I like to do that and that's who I am and just like live more authentically. Uh, and like, it can be baby steps. It can be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wear what I would actually want to wear to work, not what I think I should wear to work. Or I'm going to eat what, you know, I want to eat, not what I should eat, uh, you know, within reason, of course. But, you know, I think people don't live in who they really are most of the time. And I think that's what I would want people to do. Um, post pandemic. Live more authentically. Stop caring what other people think. Yeah. That's good. Do you have a goal for yourself? Uh, just to get this one pilot done by the end of the year and, and hopefully another one, but we'll see. Um, yeah, what are you going to have to do if you don't finish the pilot by the end of the year? I'm going to have to talk to like my agents and they go like, how come you don't have anything new for us? So the embarrassment of that, the shame. Uh, no, I, it's funny. I was, so, uh, uh, I figured out that like, I need to write, I need to do something that's low hanging fruit that I love that I can just bang out and have that small success because the other stuff I'm trying to write is so difficult and so like world building and stuff. And so I have these very low to the ground things that I can just be like, all right, let's just get that done. So I want to get one of those done like in, in October actually, like in the next week. Oh, you totally yeah. can do that. Yeah. And remember from earlier in the conversation when I said, just work a little bit yeah. on the passion project, you things that's yeah. your extra bonus. You go. Yeah. Yeah. But I have so it's the problem is I have too many passion projects. I can just like bop around to them. So I need to 
buckle down and finish one. You know, that's really, it's like finish one of these things, you know. Nice. You yeah. can do it. We believe in you and I can, we'll be I watching think I you. I can do it. Yeah. I'm going to try. I'm not going to try. I'm going to do it. Yes. You, because you really want one of these. You want a gold star. I know you I do. do. I do. So Jennifer, what goal would you like to gift our audience? I like what, 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 what Adib said where he really it's living in joy, right? If you're living true to you, you're going to live in joy. And so whatever that is for you, and it doesn't have to be a 24 seven joy, although that's ideal. It could mm-hmm. be moments of joy and, and you mm-hmm. start by little moments of joy and then have larger moments of joy. But I will say um, for me, what I think is that everyone has a mission and a message. When we were born, there was something that was put inside of us. We just have it. And it's meant to be poured out into mm-hmm. the world. And so I would encourage you that whatever your mission and your message is, is to get it out there. And obviously I'm going to tell you, you should speak your message and do it through right. a podcast or something, but, whatever that is for you. If it's writing it down, if it's speaking it, if it's creating video around it, if it's, if it's taking photos around it, whatever that thing is that's in you, get it out and give it to the world. Because number one, um, you were built for it. Number two, it will not leave you alone until you do. That's true. And, and number three, the opportunities that come from you having done that are going to surprise you because you can't expect them. But really the bigger key is that that ripple effect is very true. The ripple effect of you getting it out into the world, it impacts other people around you. And in that way, then they impact others and they impact others. And then we have this wonderful ripple of joy that everybody's living in their true self. So I would, I would, that's my gift that I would give to everyone. And then I'll say for me, my gift I'm doing for myself is I'm going into a space that I'm excited about, but I'm not quite sure of. I'm taking national podcast post month to the blockchain for the first time ever. It's year 14. And I'm doing it over there. And um, it could be crickets on the blockchain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm gonna, gonna. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna follow your your uh, your journey there because I'm obsessed with blockchain and and uh, and I just I, I just want to see how how it turns out. Like how you do it. The behaviors that you that you do on on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on YouTube, those same behaviors are on the blockchain. You just create content in a different space, and the value is that it can be rewarding not just for you as the content creator, but those who who engage with your content from mm. liking to commenting to sharing. Everyone gets rewarded in that space, mm. and so it's mm. it's it's novel, but yet it's also similar. Ah, that's so cool. That is cool. That's pretty awesome. Okay, I'm throwing a goal into the mix because I cannot help myself. And it's pretty much the the goal I previously gifted to Adeep. Work on your passion project for 15 minutes a week, an hour a month. That's like nothing. And watch it grow and see what happens. Sound good? That's a great one. Awesome. Well, you two have been wonderful. Jennifer, where can people find you? I'm at ePodcaster on Twitter and just about everywhere that you can find me. I'm that. That's me. And then um, if you want to find me in the month of November, (laughs) (laughs) NatPodPomo is where I'm going to be. Hashtag NatPodPomo. Excellent. And Adeep, where can Mm -hmm. people find you? Um, On Twitter at my name. Um, It's basically at my name everywhere, including my website, uh, because, you know, this is a very unique name. And uh, so if you just Google my stupid name, you'll find me somewhere. Uh, but I'm usually on Twitter and, and my website is fairly active. Like people can contact me through that. And uh, yeah, that's. And then, of course, uh, LATV writers on Facebook. I'm always there, too. So Excellent. Uh, if I you're an aspiring that. television writer or working television writer, you should join the community because it's the most positive community probably in writing, I would say. Excellent. I will. I will put the link in the recap to your group awesome. as well. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, Adib. Thank you to everybody who chose yourself today and spent some time with us to talk about passion projects. Again, I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of your goal guide and founder of the Dev Method and my motto, Goal Setting Simplified. Passion project goals, they're simple. You just have to make them and do them. So Adib, final tip. Mm-hmm. Final tip. Yeah. Ah, sleep enough. Yeah, I'm going to do nano sleep mo and uh, I'm just going to like try to get more than six hours of sleep a night as part of this process. 
So you should totally make that. By the way, I, I know that <laughs> I, I know that I would sign up for that for sure. For sure, okay, I'll do that. Okay, Jennifer, final tip from you. I would say that give yourself breaks, build in breaks into your workday, um, in, in a, even when you're doing your passion project, because you need to get up and move. So the way that I do this is that if I finish one item on my to-do list and I cross it out, I get up and I walk away from my desk and I walk outside or I walk around my house or I go talk to my family or I do something else just to get movement into my life. Because if oh. you're excited about what you're doing, it's very easy to spend all day not moving. So that would be my mm-hmm. tip. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Jennifer, Adit, for sharing your passion for passion projects. Um, Everybody, thank you again for listening, for choosing yourself. And my tip is simple. Just do it. Go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn follow at the dev method on social media and check out the best of luck with your goals and remember you can do it this podcast is heard along the marketing podcast network for more great marketing podcasts visit marketingpodcasts.net